It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin. We are back on this football Friday, the final one of this season. 2023. Now. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop. I mean, we'll still have football to talk about, but not high school football. Exactly. So it is sad, but I mean, we'll still have the NFL. It will be different, though. It's not exactly what we are seeing right in front of us on a weekly basis. Instead, it's stuff that we're connected to in some ways, but not necessarily covering directly, if that makes sense. So it will be a little bit different, but I mean, the good thing is, is we're here on the final football Friday, and one of the teams from the Eastern Panhandle are playing for the state championship, and that is the Martinsburg Bulldogs. Bulldogs taking on Princeton. We're going to mainly focus on that game here today. Our first segment is going to be kind of our thoughts on the matchup. Then we'll hear from Coach Walker, as well as some Martinsburg players in segment two. After that, we'll be joined by Tyler Kennett. He will... Uh, talk to us a little bit more about Princeton what he's seen from them at times this year he was at the Bridgeport Princeton game he wants to talk Kennedy Award as well as he has a vote for that so we'll talk about how he voted and um, yeah probably talk a little bit about double A and single A with Tyler as well so a guy that has a lot of different things when it comes to high school football in the state for tomorrow and then um, we'll wrap up the show with some NFL talk so it should be a good show Dylan's here which is good yeah Colin is here, and then right after this, we're on our way over to Shepherd for some Shepherd men's and women's basketball. Beginning, we go on the air at two thirty, two forty-five, two forty-five. Yeah, sorry. Yep, but we'll be over there like right away, pretty much. So, looking forward to it, uh, men's and women's basketball tonight. But Colin, go ahead and give us that uh, Brown Funeral Home sponsor read. Will do. I appreciate it. Our show brought to you by Brown Funeral Home and Cremation. Robert Fields and Sons, family-owned, full-service funeral home, proudly serving the area since 1880. Yeah, so let's go ahead and just jump into it. I think this matchup in the state title game, it's not the matchup we expected. I think everybody just expected Cal Midland to roll through that side of the bracket, you know, get to this state championship game, and uh, really dominate but that didn't happen they were upset in round two by bridgeport and that set up bridgeport princeton and the semifinal one versus five or i'm sorry a five versus three seed is not typically what we see in a state championship we know martinsburg was a little bit underseeded. princeton definitely has a talented team but this does feel like a game where the, there should be a mismatch in favor of the bulldogs but i think this princeton team you can't overlook them either uh, still some great players on their side as well. So, you know, they're, they're a team that has taken on probably a lesser challenging postseason than what you would normally have to take on as a five seed making this run. But, I mean, you got to play who, who you get, who you draw. Martinsburg definitely had a very impressive run, I would say, uh, beating a really solid or a team in Parkersburg South that was in the state championship game a year ago. Uh, in round one, not obviously the same team at all, but still, you know, a solid program there. In round two, they take down Jefferson, who's got some great athletes, can compete with a lot of different teams across the state. And then uh, last week, winning a very tough game against, a, or at least on paper, a very tough game, but really dominated it against Huntington. Um, 
who many people thought probably had a chance to win the state championship this year once again. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. I think Martinsburg's going to win this game by multiple scores. Um, but I also haven't really seen much from Princeton yet this year. And I haven't, I think my biggest question mark is they haven't faced a team quite to the level of Martinsburg or even to the level of a Huntington or Cabell Midland or, or some of these other schools. Probably the best team they played was Bridgeport. And I mean, they gave up a ton of yards of offense to them, a ton of points to Bridgeport. And Bridgeport's very much a run heavy team. Now they've thrown the ball a little bit more this year, but I think dealing with the Martinsburg ground game. Uh, which you would presume is a little bit more explosive, it, it's going to be tough. And that threat of Murphy Clement throwing the football, one of the best players in the state. So I, I think Martinsburg is going to win this one probably by multiple scores. But uh, I'm intrigued to see some of these players on Princeton, especially on this stage against this team and how they perform. It's a different kind of run game between Bridgeport and Martinsburg, the way that they, you know, basically the you know wing T type of running attack versus kind of your the, the way that the bulldogs run it out of the shotgun uh, there were a lot of more read option things zone like that runs. yeah the zone read and but so that'll be interesting to see how princeton does against that versus how they did uh, with bridgeport but i do think that the difference is going to be defense because both of these teams have really impressive offenses but princeton didn't show much defense against Bridgeport if any so I think that this Martinsburg offense is going to be powerful enough for them to put up those big yardage gains against the Princeton defense and then the Martinsburg defense is dominant and we saw that Huntington could you know they scored less than 20 points of offense uh, against the, the Bulldogs and they were in you know we kind of went into this thinking that there was that top three team tier of Cabell Midland Huntington Martinsburg and Martinsburg took down Huntington and Cabell Midland's out so you would think Martinsburg is that one team left on that tier that they should be able to pull this one out like you said Nick by multiple scores and I I, I do think that that's how that's going to go I would be surprised if this was close it's going to be a good game either way i kind of tend to agree that i think martinsburg should be able to win by multiple scores but at the same time this offense does look very impressive out of princeton we can see that just in a flash they can score at will however they haven't played martinsburg like you guys said looking at their schedule still got to respect them they're 12 and 1 this year even though mm-hmm. they're the fifth seed they played three teams that made it to the playoffs. However, all three of those teams lost in round one, including one of those three to Princeton. Oak Hill, they played them in the regular season and then played them in the postseason round one, lost. Yet Hurricane had also lost, and then I believe uh, Parkersburg was the third. They played a team out of Virginia, too, that was pretty good this year, lost in the second round of their playoffs. Tazewell, who went 9-4, and four. But if you're able just to continue to run the ball, this team in Martinsburg should easily win and shut down the run as well defensively, which we've seen no issue with. By the way, Parkersburg South, another playoff team that uh, they, they didn't played. play Parkersburg in the right. Regular season. It was they Parkersburg, South. and yeah. So I had that flip, but thank you. 
I am excited to see what Dom Collins and, and the rest of that, you know, Chance Barker and the rest of that Princeton offense can do against Martinsburg. I think they'll be able to do some damage. You know, buzzed over and Sherrod Musgrove are good corners on the outside, but they are, they're liable to make some mistakes here and there, maybe in tackling, whether it be. So we saw that Dom Collins had a bunch of big plays on screen passes against Bridgeport, and I think it'll be harder for him to do that against Martinsburg defense, but I don't think it'd be impossible. So I think that's, there's definitely the possibility that he can still break off those big plays, but I think that Martinsburg is going to be prepared for that. And they're they're going to be watching for that. Now they might counter and you know send Collins over the top on a you know one of those fake screen plays, but or one of the other receivers and get you know, Martinsburg might get caught for a couple big plays that Princeton put some points up on the board. But I think for the most part, it's the fact that you can't really run the ball on Martinsburg, and it just limits what you can do because once Martinsburg takes away the run. They don't have to stack the box to take away the run. It's just the defensive line blows up the offensive line, and then you can prepare for the pass. It's just it's it's tough to get a whole lot going when Martinsburg can say our defensive line is going to handle the run. We'll make sure our back seven's ready for the pass. Yeah, I mean, I think those are all good points. I don't think that Princeton's a team that really relies too much on their ground game either. So they are yeah. a team that but wants they still to have throw a the football. Yard rusher. Yeah, I mean, they have a high-powered offense. I don't want to take anything really away from what they've achieved this year. Like you said, Colin, they are 12-1. and one. Their schedule wasn't the toughest um, when you break it down and look at some of the teams that they played. But, you know, their one loss was to a Hurricane team that was eliminated in the first round by Parkersburg. So it's hard to really read, I guess, how good that schedule was and what they what they did. But, I mean... 12 and 1 is 12 and 1. It's still, you know, a good season. Right. If um, you can take Collins out of the picture, if you can take Lowe out of the picture. I've watched some of the, the you know, the highlights okay. and stuff. And if I'm being honest, you know, the defenses didn't look like they were really had a matchup for Collins or had anybody really on his level. Martinsburg, I don't know if they have, you know, Division 2, Division 1 corners or safeties necessarily, but I think they have guys that can match some speed and match some athletic ability that he brings on the outside so i bet you they put murphy on him well murphy's more of a safety so they Still. they would probably probably they might they might have him at least over on whatever side of the field he is yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if this is reminiscent of georgia tcu last year where you know tcu really good team really good offense that they had and they were able to get through the the semifinals in an impressive game but you know, then you get one of those Big 12, Pac-12 type teams that runs into an SEC juggernaut like a Georgia or an Alabama, and all of a sudden it looks like a different level of competition. That's just good yeah. that we see it on college football. I think that's the kind of thing that we might see. I think that's fair. And, and look, maybe Princeton comes out and surprises us. Yeah. Um, they definitely, I feel like, are motivated in this game because everybody across the state is saying the same thing. Like Princeton really doesn't stand a chance in this game or that's at least the read that I've gotten, kind of gotten. Yeah. And I think if you're Princeton, you know, you use that as motivation. Um, but with all that being said, I think Dylan makes some good points about the Martinsburg D-line just being so tough. Nobody slowed them down all year. Really, the Martinsburg defense just as a whole has been unbelievable. So I think Martinsburg, until somebody proves that they can consistently move the ball against that defense, you really have no reason to believe that they'll lose. Mm-hmm. 
because even if their offense isn't on its A game, um, you know, the defense is going to bail you out so many times, get, get some stops, maybe even score on that end of the field as well. So they've been so good defensively that it's hard to believe that anybody, no matter who they played in this game, whether it was, you know, Cavill Midland, who we thought had a great team, uh, but they were eliminated early or whatever the case may be. It's just like nobody's really moved the ball against them. They proved it against Huntington last week, who has a really good offense. Yes, there was no Wayne Harris, but still, you know, a really talented Huntington team, and, and they didn't look great offensively. So I think Huntington's better than Princeton. Martinsburg just beat Huntington. I really don't see any reason why Martinsburg can't win tomorrow, and, and it, should, yep. it shouldn't it should be very close, I don't think. I don't think But so. maybe they'll surprise us. And I'm honestly, I would hope for a better game. I do, too. Yeah. It can still be exciting. Like, well, yeah. Princeton can make some big plays here and there. I think they'll get some. They'll, uh, yeah. It just won't be enough to keep it close, I'd say. Yeah, I think that that's a good way to put it. Any other final thoughts on this one? Nope, other than, uh, again, for those that are wondering, we will not have any coverage of the game. Uh, I believe Metro News will have a live stream on their Facebook. We know Ollie's will also be showing the game. The game kickoff noon tomorrow. So, all good here? Get ready for break? Yep. Yeah, go ahead. All right. During this break, we'll give away uh, some more WVU basketball tickets. We have six tickets to give away to the Backyard Brawl Wednesday, 9 o'clock tip-off time, late night. But, hey, it's against Pitt for the West Virginia Mountaineers. So, we're going to split them into... Two separate pairs. We got four tickets that we'll do, and then two tickets as well. So call in here during this break and during our interviews with some Martinsburg Bulldog players as well as Coach Dave Walker, the number 304-263-6586 if you're interested in winning these tickets to the Backyard Brawl. Also, A.J. Feltner, your tickets for today's game against St. John's still here at the office if you're coming to pick up those two our segment of the sports mix brought to you by parsons ford and martinsburg at 1400 shepherdstown road online at parsonsford.com they became number one by making you number one first parsons now back to the sports mix on talk radio wrnr 106.5 fm am 740 and tv 10 now joined on the sports mix by the head coach of the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Dave Walker. Coach Walker, last week, big win on the road against Huntington, 49-26. What you like from your Bulldogs? I, I thought that they came out and just really uh, played hard. They were, they were very motivated, uh, had a great week of practice, and just finished the week out really strong. How special of a year has it been for you? First year coming back from Concord undefeated season so far so good hopefully getting that one more on saturday for the 10th state championship well i mean it's it's been a blessing to be back just um just being back in martinsburg regardless of the season uh and i've had it's that's been just um you know, like icing on the cake so uh, I've, I've been just i've just been blessed and uh and, and very happy to be back and and uh, leading these guys and, and trying to get them back to, to where we where we want to be Last week in that win, big game on the ground defensively, two pick sixes for you guys as well. Just talk about, I guess, the cohesiveness as a whole to get that team victory. 
Well, I think it started up front just, you know, TNT, like Dynamite. There's guys up front, they were just, um, you know, just coming off the ball and um, just very explosive, uh, you know. And I think Xerxes' uh, big play really kind of kind of set the tone and, and, and changed things and just, you know, sparked us. I agree. I still can't find a defensive lineman that has three touchdowns in a year. I don't know about you, but uh, switching over to that offensive side, the holes and the offensive line to allow big games for Murphy as well as Nick and then Coy Fagan with the two touchdowns as well. Well, yeah, and it, it started up front. Those guys played really well up front and allowed us to be able to push them around, uh, allowed those guys to run the ball well and just get some things done on the ground. And You know, you know that's, it's hard to beat a team that can do that to you. This week you guys get to go to the island. Everybody's end goal It's against Princeton, a team that has never been there before, but they're looking to knock you guys off. What have you seen from them on the film? Well, I mean, they're they're very explosive. They're like a live wire. I mean, they just they can ignite any time. And uh, you know, the Collins kids is very uh, dynamic, and their their young quarterback really throws the ball well. And so they're very balanced and um, they're a really good football team. So it should make for a, a very challenging day for us. The run defense has been the big part of this defense. It seems like this year. How do you make sure that it seems like if Princeton is this? air attack team that you guys are ready to go to try to match that and be able to cover those well i mean they do have a thousand yard rusher as well so uh we can't completely just you know ignore the run uh you know those guys uh, they're well balanced uh you know they but they've got a lot of big play potential through the air so i think it's just important for us to play solid on you know be balanced and i think up front uh, the, the the better we can play up front i think our chances are, are better How's practice look this week and gearing up for the game on Saturday? Well, it's a beautiful day today. Yesterday, the last two days is really cold. Uh, I thought we had a you know just kind of an average practice yesterday, so I'm, I'm hoping that we have a really better practice today. Games at noon on Saturday, so daytime with the sun being straight up into the sky. How much does last week's game being that 1:30 kickoff benefit? I mean, I think maybe the schedule, you know, getting you know getting used to playing in the middle of the day. But as far as the sunlight, I don't know if it'll affect that much. I mean, we we practice every day in the daylight, so I don't I don't think that'll be that big of a factor. I think the big thing is just, you know, it's going to be a little earlier, so they've got to get up sooner, and we've got to get them moving around a little sooner. How special would it be to first year back have that tenth state championship underneath your belt if you guys get the win Saturday? And second part of the question: What do you guys need to do to get that tenth? Well, I mean, obviously it would be an amazing thing, and I would really just be happy for these these guys. Um, um, what do we got to do to get there? I mean, I think we have to control the line of scrimmage, uh, try to eliminate uh, or, or minimize their big plays, and then, you know, offensively we've got to be able to get the ball in the end zone. All right, Coach, appreciate the time. Wish we could join you guys up there, but best of luck on Saturday. I know everybody down here at Martinsburg will be cheering you guys on. Thank you. Appreciate everything as well this entire season. You no, know, no special question of the of the day. No, not that I can think of, unless you have anything. I mean, we were asking a few other coaches gearing up for basketball season. Um, just during their free time when it's non-football season, what do you like to do? I like I like to play play music and um, you know, uh, just try to do some things to relax. But I'm I'm a kind of a music fan, so uh, I'll probably mess around with that a little bit in the winter. Any upcoming uh, concerts or anything at any bars? <laughs> I don't have anything planned yet, but uh, when I do, I'll let you know. Sounds good. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Thank you. Right. Now alongside me here for the sports mix is quarterback and safety of the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Murphy Clement. 
Murphy, big game for you on the ground, running at will. It seemed like the entire game against Huntington to get that win. Just walk us through how it felt being out there and getting revenge. Um, it, it was great, and not er, obviously losing to them last year. It was a, a game of revenge for us, and seeing that the, all the holes was open up and our line was doing what they needed to do, it helped us tremendously in that game on, on the ground and setting us up later on in the game for, for the air. And then later into that game, it seemed like there were a few injuries that might have been plaguing you. How do you feel so far this week, and will you be 100% going into Saturday's game? Yeah, I'll be fine going into Saturday's game. I was just cramping up a little bit, so yeah, and it was just nagging on, nagging on me. So yeah, I'll be fine for Saturday's game. It being the state championship game, this will be your first game that you get to play in because your sophomore year you were hurt. How special will it be to finally be able to? with your teammates walk out onto that field at Wheeling Island and lead the team hopefully to a victory. Yeah, it, it's going to be great. It's, I, I mean, obviously, oh, watch out. Bounce the other way, yeah. we're good. <laughs> I obviously haven't been able to, so being able to come out there with my with my guys and my team and be able to put on for, for Martinsburg in the, in the title, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. And in that game, your brother, Hudson, yeah. eight touchdowns in that win against Huntington. How awesome or crazy would it be? Are you going after yeah. his record potentially uh, this week? Yeah, it'll actually be crazy if I if I end up getting somehow nine touchdowns or more than him. But you you know, brothers, we're gonna be a little competitive. But honestly, if if I had the choice, I'd probably just let it go and let him hold that record on for for the rest of the time. This week, you guys take on Princeton. What have you seen from them? Um, I definitely seen I think number five. The very fast kid, and we gotta stay focused on him. We can't lose him during the during the game. And they got some other guys too. So if we focus on on number five too much and let go of the other dudes, that they can do some damage too. So we just gotta make sure we're on our on our stuff and paying attention to everyone during the game. How special would it be if you guys get the win to walk off the field, tenth state championship for Martinsburg, and also it being the last game of your bulldog career? It would be great. It'll be a amazing way to go out and honestly it'll, it'll be like sort of like a movie going out like that and it'll be great yep all right Murph anything else um no sir appreciate it best of luck Saturday no, sir thank you appreciate it we're now joined on the sports mix by offensive and defensive lineman Xerxes Yancey of the Martinsburg Bulldogs obviously starting on the defensive side you continue to have a fantastic season the ball finds your hands and you find the end zone just walk us through last week's pick six against Huntington Oh, that was completely – it was like I expected it, but I didn't expect it at the same time because what happened was they were running a screenplay, so I was about to drop back into the guard to running back anyway, but I think it was Tyon tipped it. Then it got tipped again by somebody else. Then Rashad tipped it back up. I thought it was incomplete, and then the ball just fell right into my hands. I was like, oh. And then no whistle. I was like, you know, I got to go. <laughs> I was not letting nobody stop me. I was trying to get that third touchdown for the season. Yeah, third touchdown of the season, second pick six, the scoop and score as well. Just talk about how much fun it's kind of been and your different memories that you've had for each one. Surprisingly, that is not my most favorite memory. My most favorite memory this season would probably be the same game Huntington when I had that block on, I think it was like number 71 or whatever, on Tyon's pick six because that, that just got me energized for that. And then I saw the flag, I was disappointed, and then they waved it off. I was like, oh. Thank the good Lord that they waved that off because I was like, they did everything I told them, with my hands and all that, and got a highlight from it. So that was pretty fun. 
So you guys get the win. It's now a trip to the state championship this week. What's practice been like? What's the energy been like? Uh, I think the energy, we've been turning it up. You know, it's the last game. My last game might be my last game ever. I don't know. It could be a lot of our last games ever in high school football, and we just got to play like like it's the last game. <laughs> well, but energy, we got to keep it high, keep it going so we can transition into the game this Saturday. Did you get to play your sophomore year in the state championship? I did, actually. Um, my favorite play from that game was they we did a high kick, and the guy dropped it, and I was able to get a um, – recovery from that on kickoff and the next play Hudson got another touchdown from that memorable game. So you guys take on Princeton this time around it's their first trip to Wheeling Island for a state championship off the film what have you guys seen that's jumped out to you about the Tigers? Um, they're really um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, wait can we do that part again? Yeah we're good just keep going okay. no worries. Oh shoot sorry uh, Really high-scoring offense, really respectable offense. I know we're going to have to, as we do all season, we have to put our best into it. Um, just like play them like any other opponent we have this season and just get the job done. How special of a moment would be to be on a team that gets the 10th state championship for football here at Martinsburg? A lot of us don't like to admit it, but I'm definitely going to be crying. Like, actually, <laughs> I will be. I'll have some waterworks, but that's a-okay because I think it's understandable. But... It'll be something special. It's definitely something I will remember for the rest of my life. All right, man, anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Appreciate it. So there you go. That was our interviews with Dave Walker, Xerxes Yancey, and Murphy Clement. Step aside, take another break here on the Sports Mix. This segment brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Visit them at 360 Wilson Way or online at orsinis.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. We welcome you back to the Sports Mix here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Nick Verzellini, Comic Lachlan, Dylan Bishop, now joined by Tyler Kennett, reporter for West Virginia News. Tyler, uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. It's Friday. We're one day away from the state championships. Um, we'll yep. start here with AAA. You, Tyler, you were, of course, at that uh, Bridgeport-Princeton game. Just a wild game. Wanted to start with that one here quickly. Uh, just uh, what would you take away from that? I mean, a game that looked like it was over, and then Bridgeport rallies back, and obviously a historic night. Well, I'll start by saying that game started at 7.30. Uh, my print deadline was 11 o'clock. The game ended at like 11.10, so still made the paper. So that was, that was my accomplishment of the night. But the, the thing about it was uh, it was one of those games where you had everything written down at halftime. I mean, it was like 28-7, to 7, I think. And you're like, okay, Princeton's got control of this game. It's pretty going to get out of hand potentially. And then – they traded 12 touchdown drives in a row. So it was just uh, – you, you, no one could have predicted anything about that game whatsoever. Uh, and really, Bridgeport was a good defensive play because uh, they kind of threw a backward – like a lateral trying to waste clock, and it almost went horribly wrong from potentially winning that game too. But, uh, no, yeah, Princeton, that was like one of the most bizarre offensive games I've ever seen. Uh 
yeah, this is a weird game, 73-70. And right as you said it, 73-70, so you're happy that your offense was able to put up 73 points. However, defensively, they gave up the 70 points. Yeah. Just kind of looking at the team on the field, was it the lack of defense and talent there or just the fact that maybe playing both sides of the ball and how many big plays they were, teams just got tired and that's why? Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, uh, Princeton had the two takeaways in the game because really, as you would you would think that there was not really a point. You know, there was no defense. I think is what people who would just look at the score they would think that. But really, Bridgeport had a point, a chance early in the game to they were on the goal line. You get in and you're leading. I believe they would have been leading for the first time in the game. And I mean, if you remember the Capital Midland game, Bridgeport got the lead and never gave it back up. And, well, of course, the way the game was going, it seems that trading touchdowns for us a game, they could have won with that. But instead, they fumbled on the goal line for the first time since September, and Princeton gets it and runs it back. And then late in the game, there was a sack by Princeton, I believe, that flipped the game. That was stopped the back and forth and allowed them to get that little bit of an edge to win it all. So it's weird because there, it really felt like everything was just explosive play city. I think that, like, the most all of the yards that Princeton gained were on explosive plays for touchdowns. I I don't have the exact numbers on my hand right now, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's, from my count, looking back, it's the most points ever scored in a playoff game ever as well. So, I mean, that's just a testament to it. It it felt like there was no defense in the second half, at least. But in the first half, the defense was actually what kind of gave Princeton an edge a little bit. Tyler, the guy that everyone's pointing to on, on Princeton's side for tomorrow's game is Dominic Collins, the, the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I just want to know from your perspective, covering the team, what it's been like to see him out on the field and uh, how much of a danger to that Martinsburg defense that you think that he's going to be in this game. Yeah. So going in, I, I had not seen him in person. It was more of a, I'd see him on the way. I, I try to watch as much as I can for uh, voting for the Kennedy award. And I was, he was on my radar as a guy. I was like, well, if he impresses me enough, then I uh, probably pay, put him in there and all of that stuff. And uh, I think the first play that he really had thrown to him, his quarterback, Chance Barker, throws the ball over his head. He jumps up, grabs it, pulls it down, and runs it in. And then from that point on, it felt like every play that he made was off of a screen pass. So he had two or three probably 60, 70-yard touchdowns on screens like they throw it to him and he creates that separation and and gets moving uh i i mean he's one of the most impressive receivers that i've ever seen uh i think anyone would be able to claim that title if they put up a game like he did but uh he had i want to say over 300 yards on nine catches was the total that everybody ended up with so he uh would get the ball line of scrimmage juke a guy out usually beating double coverage and then would just take off so his quarterback's no slouch don't get me wrong he threw eight touchdowns but four of them were to him so there's a reason why he seems to get the ball a lot Tyler let's get into this state championship matchup a little bit more um, and I guess how Princeton matches up with a team like Martinsburg the perspective around here seems to be uh, that this is a 
a uh, type of matchup that Princeton hasn't seen yet this season when you look at their strength of schedule and everything like that. Do you think that's a fair statement to say Martinsburg's on a completely different level and this game shouldn't be close, or do you think Princeton has any shot to make it close uh, tomorrow? Um, I, I do think that the perspective of Martinsburg being the level above seems to be common uh, amongst most people. I would, I mean, here's my thing. I know that Bridgeport is, in my opinion, was not on the level of what Martinsburg is this year. Uh, someone can clip that and send it to him. I don't care. But it's like, you know, I personally thought that Bridgeport was going to go to Princeton and stomp them, right? And then instead I got what I got, you know? So it was one of those things where my after watching a game like I watched last week, all of my expectations are thrown out the window. Uh, I do think Martinsburg has an edge in the game, but I, it's one of those things where I can't count them out because of what I watched. So it's like I would at least give them a shot because, I mean, at the end of the day, the best defense is a better offense because you just got to score more points than the other team to win a football game. You know, So if it comes down to a game where you're just trading blows back and forth if somehow uh, Princeton finds a way to score that much, and that, I mean, it could just come down to that. But if, if Martinsburg is able to find a way to put coverage on Collins, it's hard for them to really get it going, I think. And Tyler, he's not the only one that the Bulldogs would have to keep an eye on. They do still mm-hmm. have in the backfield a mm-hmm. uh, running back that has over 1,600 rushing yards or total yards at least this right. year. And uh, Lowe, I believe, is – his last name, unless yeah, it's Mark Lowe. Okay, so it is Lowe. Um, just tell us a little bit about what you saw from him in that game as well. Yeah, I mean, as much as they were throwing the ball, it was also they were also able to do it running it as well. Uh, I, I feel like Princeton was just kind of putting on a show in the second half. You know, they weren't really running the ball, trying to eat the clock out uh, once it got down to it. But, yeah, he's a very good, uh, very strong runner. They're able to get some stuff going with him out of the backfield to kind of rely, lean back on that if there's something that's going on. But he's also a decent uh, pass catcher as well. There's two or three guys that they have. It seemed like when Bridgeport would like, you know, maybe move move their safety up to try to double the double five. You know, it would be another guy would get the catch and it would just be just as bad. You know, so they have some ability to spread it around running the ball. It felt like Bridgeport did much better at kind of getting hats to guys there, but I think that that was just, you know, they do that in practice, I would figure, all day. So that will help you out there. But, no, he's very talented. He's very good. Uh, I think that they're a case of, like, two or three stud skill players on the side that you always have to at least give attention to. So, Tyler, we were talking yesterday. You told me you would be willing to talk about your uh, Kennedy Award voting. So I guess – uh, what do you kind of look for when you're voting on that award? And uh, if you want to, you can reveal your ballot as well. How you sure, sure. Uh, my, so this is my first time voting for it. I was a TV guy last year, and we don't get votes. So uh, you get a vote if you're a member of the West Virginia Sports Writers Association. I believe there's some other people that probably get one as well. But for the most part, I believe that's all the votes on it. So that's basically every publication in the state – uh, every reporter for that publication and whatnot. So with that in mind, my my goal at hand was trying to not only figure up like my teams. So I have a 
like some cheap subscriptions to one of these high school things where I try to watch at least one game a day of an out-of-area school so that I can be ready for a lot of what is coming, uh, especially if I'm writing previews. I try to go back and watch some film before I go to uh, that coach and ask him some stuff to try to get a, a feel on things. Uh, so at least I have an idea of like you know who's who looks good on film, so that when I look at their stats, that they're that they're pulling up because some people may just look at stats and be like, okay, this is the best kid for this team. Uh, we're going to vote for him. So you get a, you vote for three guys, one, two, and three. And then as I was doing that, my new thing I don't know if you've ever heard of some Heisman voters doing this, but like you know, like a, a moment where you're like, okay, this kid could be considered the best in the country because of this moment that they had. And I started kind of weighing those with what I had saw. So with that in mind, I, I mean, I don't care to tell you the three that I voted for, I put Collins from Princeton at number one because his separation at the line of scrimmage combined with his speed makes him an elite receiver that can change the game, which we don't see a lot uh, in his moment being that semifinals game of just complete domination from start to finish. Uh, my second guy was uh, Dylan Hours for double-A uh, at Fairmont Senior. It's it's hard to pick someone from our area because a lot of guys, it's like they could probably not be considered the best in our area if you pick them. But I chose Hours because uh, pure Sam seemed to typically dominate as a linebacker, but also as running back had over 2,000 yards. But also, I uh, covered a game where he started the game in a sling in his arm. And at the end of the game, uh, he came in, like, I guess he was cleared at halftime or something like that. Started the game injured, came out, jumped up, made a swat on the last drive as uh, as a D-back and caught, like, two passes to go down to, to beat University, which was no easy task. You know, the guy who was hurt and then kind of came at, came back in. It was just a really impressive moment of how he can just come in and just change a game in a matter of one drive. And then uh, I picked uh, Clement from Martinsburg. Apologies if I'm not saying his name right. Hudson. Uh, just Murphy. From this point for uh, me, I have not seen Martinsburg play, but I've watched some of their film, and he's he just looks good. He pops. Uh, so that was where I went. Yeah, Murphy, by the way. Murphy Clement. Murphy, Hudson's sorry. his brother. Hudson's a WVU guy. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right, Tyler, thank you for the time, and thank you for sharing that. And uh, we're certainly hoping it's Murphy Clement, but I understand your, your reasoning for those other guys as well. Yep. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Uh, I, there's a couple other kids, too, the quarterback from Williamstown and some others, but those are the three I ended up with. All right, Tyler, thank you for the time. And you will be at, what, double A and triple A Yeah, tomorrow? I'll be coupling triple A and single A, so single we all won't be there tonight. Gotcha. When the sun goes down, all right, let's step aside, take a break here. Our segment brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Visit them at fordofhagerstown.com. Dot com. Back for our final segment after this. Down bar the track. I got a table for two. Now, back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 
We welcome you back to the Sports Mix here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Nick Grizzly, Tom McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop here on the show today. Final segment of today's show. Don't have as much to talk about in this final segment as we normally would since, of course, WVU is wrapped up until bowl season. The Ravens are on by this week. Um, so we really just have Steelers and Washington to talk about. And the Commanders are taking on the Dolphins. That'll be interesting for them. And uh, yeah, that that game is probably not going to go well. Too, or am I the Steelers are playing the Cardinals in Pittsburgh. Okay, so two very different expectations for those two games, I would say. Well, maybe the same expectation as terms of they probably won't be close. But I don't know. Arizona is kind of tough because it's like Kyler's back. Arizona's frisky. The the line for that game is only five and a half for for Pittsburgh. I, I think that. I wouldn't be surprised if that's you know a one touchdown game. I, I would. I mean, the Steelers looked better on offense this past week. Now with their new offensive coordinator, now that Matt Canada's out, but they still, they, still didn't didn't look, score. They, they they put up 400 yards, but only 16 points. Yeah. So they couldn't convert in the red zone. Still had some turnovers, and maybe you clean that up a little bit as you as the things go on. Now that you're getting used to the new playbook or you know the new game plan probably not a new playbook but yeah um but yeah the cardinals are a little frisky even though they're two and ten even when they had josh dobbs they were you know not getting blown out they weren't the worst team in the league by far like we kind of thought they might be at the beginning of the year so jonathan gannon's doing a pretty good job of keeping those guys you know motivated and so i think that'll be a pretty close one i'd be surprised if the steelers lost though i'd be surprised too i'm saying though that Arizona covers. I'm going with Phil McCoy's typical answer. 1960 <laughs> final score. So the under hits as well. I think Pittsburgh still can't score, even though the offense. I think they might be able better. to score this week. They might. Arizona's defense isn't that great. You got to consider that as well. So I think they do get a little bit more scoring in. I think the Cardinals, though, they can at times put up some points. I'll go Pittsburgh 24. 24- 17. I think that sounds pretty good to me. 24-17 Pittsburgh. But I was way off last night. So the I under still hits. Yeah, sure. Because it's 41 and a half. That's a, yeah. 41 and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was way off last night. I thought based on how Seattle was playing that Dallas was going to just blow them out and it turned into be probably the best Thursday night game of the year. Oh, yeah, definitely. So. So, Seattle is still a very unpredictable team. They kind of they're inconsistent yeah for sure but it seemed like though they were trending in the wrong direction the last few weeks yeah they did but eh, dallas you know they still won they did but you know are they the are they the nfc dolphins they might be that's what we were saying if they were speaking of the dolphins that's the the commanders are playing the actual dolphins this week and uh the line's nine and a half and Man, I've the (laughs) dolphins have see that's the thing we've been saying that the dolphins have been coming up short against those top tier teams but they have been stomping the lower team the lower tier teams and the commanders are certainly one of those and i, I can definitely see i dolphins. said if they wanted to they could probably put up 70 again i was gonna say i'd be i can definitely see this being a double digit game for for sure if the commanders just get through this year and get yourself a new coach not so fast my friend Uh-oh. washington's got a new defensive coordinator and Ron Rivera is going to fix things. Oh, boy, yeah, because he's really fixed everything else. 
He wasn't running the is, defense. Is the, new defensive co- is the new defensive coordinator bringing back Montez Sweat and Chase Young? No. You didn't hear the news? <laughs> that's, <laughs> no. part of, that's part of the deal? Yeah, the trades I were wish. actually uh, revoked by the NFL. I wish. Sent back. Even then, they'd still lose because the secondary is the issue when it comes to the defense, not the defensive line. Yeah. The secondary yeah. is absolutely horrible. Nobody's going to be able to cover Tyree Kill or Waddle. Probably not. No, I, I don't really see Washington stopping this Miami offense, but I do feel like the Dolphins haven't played as good as they were at the beginning of the year. They're still, you know, playing well, but I feel like Tua hasn't been super impressive. He's not taking care of the ball that well the last few games. I mean, they ended up winning 34-13 last week, but some of the numbers weren't quite great. You know, the Raiders only lost by seven. They only put up 14 against the Chiefs. So I think there's some reason to be a little bit optimistic for Washington, it's going to be cold, I would presume, and in, in Miami it doesn't play well in the cold. So, nah, I'm not optimistic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't Miami pick the Commanders anymore. or even really pick it to be close. But I'm, hey, I'm all, uh, how do you feel about this uh, NFC Championship rematch slash potential preview of the next NFC Championship? 49ers Eagles at 4:25 on Fox. That's 49ers are three-point road favorites against the 10-1 Eagles. It just feels like Phillies do for a loss. Maybe does. that's why. Brock Purdy got hurt on the fifth play of the first drive in that game uh, last last winter. So we didn't really get to see the full matchup. 49ers are good. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think it should be a good game. That should be interesting. Yeah. I'll probably mainly just watch Red Zone for the end of the day. I don't know what but I'm I might doing. tune into the that 430 one red zone. Got to wrap things kinda, up. Yeah, Final I'll five seconds here for Nick Verzellini, Dylan Bishop. I'm Colin McLaughlin signing off for today's edition of the Sports Mix. We'll